0: Welcome to How to Save the Planet podcast. I'm Isabel, and today I'll be sharing a recording of a live podcast we did as part of Pebble's Future Fest. If you haven't heard of it, it's a festival of talks, workshops, and podcasts to explore solutions that will shape our future. Fran was joined by Finn and two guests, Carell and Ian from Wigan, to discuss their experience of working locally to make positive change in their community. Less than a year ago, Ian set up Wigan Climate Action and has been working with Wigan Council to develop their climate response. Carell is Wigan Council's climate manager. To find out more about climate action groups and see if there's a group you can join in your area, go to takeclimateaction.uk. We recorded this on Zoom so participants could watch and ask questions, but it means the audio quality isn't the best, so apologies for that. If you have any follow up questions about climate action groups or what's going on locally to you, then do get in touch. But let's have a listen.
1: My name is Fran
0: and I'm joined
1: today by my colleague Finn.
2: Hi Finn. Hi Fran, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, not bad, buddy.
2: I help to support the the Climate Action Network with Friends of the Earth. Essentially what the network is, a collection of 222 climate action groups around England, Wales and Northern Ireland that take action in their local communities in different ways, but specifically the main thing our groups do is lobby their councils to adopt a climate action plan and the idea is that they take strategy that we've devised centrally but then they adapt it in their own ways on the ground and they use their own tactics to uh, realize that strategy by getting through ambitious climate action plans in their local areas we want to network all of this goods good practice amongst groups but also amongst councils and then roll it up to the national level so it's a way to put pressure national government to get the climate policies that we really need
1: so in that vein we thought it'd be good for this podcast uh to showcase a little of what groups and what councils do um to try and tackle climate breakdown so we have Ian who is from the Wigan Climate Action Group and Carell who works at Wigan Council as the Climate Change Manager. Hi guys thanks so much for joining us. Hi Fran. Hello. Ian and Carell I'll hand it over to you. Do you want to chat a little bit about how you came to work and care and and lobby solutions to climate breakdown?
3: Just just to tagging on to what Finn was saying there about climate action groups I actually got interested in climate change seriously uh, towards the end of 2019 looking at some of the work that Grassa Thunberg had done and I went to a couple of meetings in manchester and it was there i found out about climate action groups that have the reservations about yeah you can't really start something off when when you don't know anybody but you know that, that was good advice just just get your details registered on there it appears on a map of the uk on the friends of the earth website and you can go in there and, and find a local group for yourself
2: yeah that's great
1: and do you reckon yeah. it was media attention on climate ian that sort of sparked your interest last year
3: it definitely was. I mean, it, obviously from the media attention that Greta Thunberg got and, and that sprung up from there, didn't it? I, I did go on a couple of marches, um, but I was more drawn to Friends of the Earth, really. What happened was I was trying to get the, my climate action group off the ground, but trying to find a venue because I worked during the day, um, trying to find a venue for the evenings where it was proven difficult. And then obviously when the lockdown hit in March this year, it, it, it kind of worked in my favour because I could just hold the meetings on Zoom and we've got like a, a nice little established group now.
4: It's so interesting to hear Ian's story. So yeah, just just hello to all our attendees. I'm Carell and I'm Climate Change Manager at Wigan Council. So essentially my sort of day-to-day role is I'm strategic lead for all our climate work uh, within the local authority, both internally, what we can do as an organisation to uh, lower our carbon emissions We've got a carbon neutrality target of 2038 or sooner. So it's all about working with our services to understand how we can get to that target as quickly as possible with the large scale of work that we need to do around that as well. But also such a huge part of my job as well is inspiring and engaging with our borough residents and communities and businesses to ensure that they're on the same journey with us because this isn't my role. It's not the council's role it's not anybody of us on the on the role our individual role to solve this ourselves it's a collaborative global effort isn't it we're global citizens and we need but at my role is to sort of bring this global issue which i think sometimes is can fall off people's radars you know I think a lot of people can sometimes attribute climate change to just impacting Australia with you know that the, the wildfires or it's ice sheets carving in the Arctic regions and you know oftentimes in a, a sort of medium-sized town in the northwest of England day-to-day people might not see the impacts of, of climate change but it's my job to address that and bring that down to the local level uh, last year I made the move to get into the local authority working for my own local Authority which is something that I hold really dearly to myself and I was working within the flood risk and drainage team and uh, within these past few months Wigan council have opened up a role for someone to strategically lead on climate change and I was successful in that position but really it's it's it peaks with my sort of anxiety that I have on a day-to-day basis as, as a lot of us do really with regards mm. to what is going to happen um, and and I guess that's that's probably what what drives me forward really in, in both professional and, and personal circumstances it's such a good
1: experience how did you come to the climate movement Finn
2: I've I moved to London if people haven't picked up I'm uh, not a native of the UK so my <laughs> London I was becoming uh, more concerned and more engaged uh, with, with politics and with uh, environmental breakdown particularly by the time I got to London I was sort of pretty ready to do something and get involved in something so I just got in touch with my local friends of the earth group very first meeting I went to um so there was an incoming coordinator who it was also her first meeting and just at the end of that meeting she she suggested that I I become joint coordinator with her and give her a hand with the group which I I sort of considered for about two or three days and then decided I, I'd go for it it's now like one of the thriving groups in London uh, I've moved on from it and handed it over to to uh, I think more talented coordinators.
1: it's interesting because groups are formed from so many different backgrounds and, and reasons you know we've got groups who've popped up because of mm. emergency being declared in certain areas yeah. um, and've yeah. got groups who have been established for years who started off by fighting fracking in their local yeah. areas yeah and the good thing I guess is as well is that the groups can mold to the community context so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that yeah. what's the context in Wigan like you're in the northwest and the northwest is is known for having quite a lot of flooding has that played a part or is there you know was there appetite to see better recycling
3: well yeah I mean the, the flooding wasn't a part of it but I mean where I live particularly um there's kind of a lot of regeneration going on and we've been running um a cheers campaign early and um, trying to get people involved in. The idea of planting more trees and finding uh, available space for planting trees, um, Wigan Council have got a target to, to plant, I think it's a million trees over the next 10 year period. So we've been working mm-hmm. closely with Wigan. That, that's been a nice community effort.
2: That's sort of similar to, um, I don't know if you're aware of uh, the, the Boylan and Shipley group, so they're not too far, I mean they're not close to Wigan. <laughs> But, <laughs> I, I, I'm allowed to have bad UK geography, all right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not—it's not very, very far away. It's—it's it's, it's the north, right? <laughs> yeah, it's about a year ago they launched. Um, a tree planting partnership with their council as well so yeah. it sounds pretty pretty similar to what's going on in in Wigan
4: we've got um within so within our climate change strategy we've got six areas action themes that we were focusing on because at the minute our strategy is sort of um it's an outline strategy for one because we, we with that we're completely acknowledging that we don't know all the answers at the minute and that's something that we are working up um really vigorously as ian rightly said one of our high level targets for that is to plant the 1 million trees by 2030 and as part of that we've got a project called naturalizing the borough which is essentially um a a a new kind of reconfiguration of how we manage our land. So we've portioned areas of our borough to allow to um, rewild slightly to provide um, wildflower meadows to encourage biodiversity back into the area and pollinators. And what we found is that so many of our residents have been really engaged in that and and they've they've got a lot of benefit from it, especially during lockdown when when it was a bit nicer weather and people were reporting getting back to nature. And it's vital that groups like Ian work really close with us because they have that capacity to deliver that message called groups such as Ian's just it's they're just invaluable to have those conversations Mm. and and to support the delivery of a lot of this work which is we're all on the same page really aren't we. Finn and I
1: work for an environmental organisation your job career has got climate change in the title Ian is leading a group but what is climate change a priority for people who live in Wigan or you know with the pandemic are there rightly other priorities as well?
3: Yeah well I would say obviously people have got Uh, maybe some people have got bigger priorities. um, But, you know, people are engaged. Uh, One of the activities we've done recently was one of the group members actually put a survey out, um, and we had about, I think we had about 60 people um, respond to that survey and it was it was to do with what sorts of things they, they would like to see in the local area a lot of that was was um, about the tree strategy as well um, you know if they knew of anywhere that trees could be planted you know it, it got it got community involvement because people were asking about um, like, like nature walks they could go on and things in the mm-hmm. survey and, and we've shared details of that although so there's bigger things going on in people's lives sometimes there are like deprived areas and a bit quite a bit of poverty in some areas of Wigan but people are still interested in the climate and climate change issue and and we're just working a way to get more people involved really.
4: We when we carried out um, a really large scale survey um, as part of our sort of regeneration of how we provide services to residents we came up with a new kind of corporate strategy which is called the deal 2030 within Wigan it was kind of revolutionary really we've had common from across the nation really around how we now deliver services and it was all um, developed with regards to councils having to realign services after austerity hit Mm. and essentially the deal is looking at um, acknowledging that the council is unable at times to provide the massively holistic service due to funding issues and things like that, therefore, but where can the residents support and and all of us together create a better borough for us all to live in? Now, that was developed through what we called our Big Listening Project, which took a few of our officers, had conversations with over 6,000 people across all our town centres within the borough, and we ended up collecting about 10,000 different ideas that our residents wanted to see within the borough, ranging from um, our waste collection, election to how we run children and young people services to maybe bereavement services a a wide realm of different ideas from all these individuals across the borough and of of the utmost importance for many people was the state of the environment so things like air quality recycling Mm -hmm. and single use plastics the impacts of climate change and that's that's one thing that we took out of the big listening project is that the people of Wigan who we were able to survey anyway of those 6,000 residents were, were really worried about it. Um, but just on a flip side to that as well, I'd also argue that there's a there's a little bit of realism that we've got to have as well, and and Ian touched upon this too, and is that you know the, the north in particular, but Wigan does have um you know a, a proportion of deprivation with regards to fuel poverty, food poverty, um mm. illiteracy rates, things like that, and we we need to acknowledge and understand how we can have the wider communication to ensure that. There's, there's plenty of people throughout the borough who aren't thinking altruistically about climate or the environment. They're thinking, mm-hmm. how will yeah. I pay my rent tomorrow? or how yeah, will I feed my yeah, kids tomorrow yeah. those are the those are the two decisions that they need to make so I think between it's it's up to the council and groups such as Ian's as well as Friends of the Earth to understand how do we bring the conversation to those people and I'd be yeah. interested in all your views on that really because it's something that we're really wanting to concentrate on from a council perspective.
3: I think I think on that point just to pick up on the deal 2030 you can see the impact on the transport in, in Wigan because obviously you, you you can see that there's lots more cycle paths springing up and lots more people Mm -hmm. out on the bikes and things and more willing to try to cycle around. And, you know, people might not, like you can see the kids out there having fun on the bikes and and, uh, adults riding along with them, but people are also using it, you know, to get to and from the place of work and things. So you can see the impact that's having and it might not be necessarily the first thought that that's having a big impact on the climate or improving the climate in Wigan and the air quality in Wigan but that's one of the things you could probably push forward isn't it by saying by you using your bike it's fun it's a fun thing to do it keeps you fit and it's having this bigger impact on on the air quality and the climate so
1: yeah that's completely right I think we've tried to um address that problem you know People have those priorities of needing to worry about putting food on the table and paying bills. And I think Friends of the Earth has done really well at making sure it's people and planet first, not just planet and, you know, planet for the rich. It needs to be any solution to climate breakdown needs to include everyone. Um, And it's the poorest and most vulnerable who are always hit by climate breakdown worse, whether that's, you know, communities in Mozambique with flooding and drought or, or whether that's people who are in London who are in urban areas of, of the UK who don't have access to green space which is so important especially you know with the pandemic mm. or fuel poverty so I, I just wanted to touch you know you, how that can interlink with with you know solutions for climate breakdown like how how do we get around helping people who can't afford to heat their homes and doing that in a sustainable way
2: I'll just throw my own two cents down quickly I think we do this well in Friends of the Earth and I think we can always do it better and I think yeah. it's really important for the movements, like for us and for the movement, to be self-critical in that way, mm-hmm. yeah. To yeah, critiquing ourselves because we're not we're not perfect at all, and we need to keep getting better at being uh, climate justice rather than a climate movement. But even events when they're when they're ticketed, it can put down a barrier to people who are experiencing fuel poverty to actually join the space and be able to to contribute to it what we do try and do in in friends of the earth is use use our climate action plans and our campaigns as vehicles that can also address fuel poverty and issues of deprivation you know if if you go through the policies and the plan they're about retrofitting homes and government funded program of retrofitting which
1: can you just um explain what retrofitting means
2: like simply put it means going into houses and buildings uh where where these buildings are old and they leak heat gaps in the windows, for instance. You go in and you make sure they're all double glazed and they all have insulation in the attic. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that means you burn less fuel and your house is also warmer. You know, we try and frame things around being a vehicle uh, towards addressing other issues besides the climate, both because that's the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. also because it's the only way we're going to actually win. We've got to build a coalition that's outside of just traditional environmental campaigners. It's going to bring in other groups and other sections of society. That's what scares decision makers that, you know, they'll sit up and take notice when they see those coalitions start to form, which is something that we really try and do with our climate action group network as well, in terms of supporting them, how to be good allies and how to have those conversations with people who are concerned about the end of the month.
4: No, completely. I totally agree with that, Finn. And it's the work of Friends of the Earth. We, we utilise the, the cap within our climate change strategy. It's, it's it's really important to have that external sounding board from environmental organisations. We've applied for the Green Homes Grant that the government announced in uh, in July this year, the Chancellor's Plan for Jobs. So we've, we're always on board with jumping on funding opportunities that are coming through from central government. We, we're sometimes at the mercy of that, really, just, just waiting for those funding opportunities and ensuring that we're in the best yeah. place possible yeah. to, to prime for those opportunities for our residents and, and communities and buildings in order to, to make sure that we're, we're decarbonising as quickly as possible. We have a um, a team within our our people directorate called AWARM who are focused on uh, fuel poverty and ensuring that our residents receive as much support as possible. And we deal with so many people who are struggling with their bills because of other priorities, but are also many of our residents who are frightened to turn on the heating because scared of 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 how much that will cost by just flicking that button and I just mm. think it's awful that in 2020 yeah. there there are people living by themselves who are worried sat in a freezing cold house and are worried to turn the heating on and i think that the wealth of co-benefits that that implementing climate change measures will have on, on people whether it's improving people's health whether it's improving people's finances looking at low carbon technologies for heating the benefits over the long term for, for the individual the householder, just so great
1: we are referring to cap a little bit and that means climate action plan uh for a bit of context Friends of the Earth have drawn up this comprehensive climate action plan, looking at different areas that local and national government can focus on and can invest in, in order to decarbonise society and and make sure that everyone has access to, you know, a warm, sustainable house, and access to green space and and all of the important things. So our climate action groups use these climate action plans to go and lobby. Um, So I just wanted to touch really on your version in in Wigan of the climate action plan and how that came about the strategy and what does it mean like what happens next
4: essentially our strategy has been in development for the best part of of almost a year really it's been through several iterations and has gone through consultation with environmental groups through external partners uh, greater manchester combined authority and we had it adopted by cabinet 2 weeks ago um so that was that was really great for us all the team was working on that so hard over a few months i took a week off after that because i'd i'd not had any annual leave all year and i just had, handed it in got it adopted and thought oh god I need I need a rest now so <laughs> that will frame our work so say for example on resilience and adaptation to climate change that will frame our work for the next five years on the short medium and long-term actions that we need to take as a council to become more resilient to climate change but also how we allow the borough to do that as well we, we really value that we, we don't know everything we can't make mm. the decisions for everybody by our own knowledge we need mm. to understand the expertise and experience of other groups as well to build that up further i think and how
1: can groups community groups get involved with this sort of work and help work with the council to improve strategies like this
3: oh well, well since, since we realized that um you know when, when we realized that Wigan Council had declared a climate emergency. One, one of the coordinators from Greater Manchester did get in touch with um, a chap from Wigan Council and we were, we were invited to kind of look at the draft strategy document before it was published and were allowed to input into that strategy document. So... It wasn't as if they just went away and, you know, made it all up themselves. They, they did <laughs> in, involve the community um, and groups like Friends of the Earth and the Environment and Healthies Group as well.
2: It would be good to maybe hear hear your thoughts from the, the perspective of someone that's quite new to a group and has already done such great
3: work. I'm not, I'm not always you know, a very confident person. I was thinking, can, can I actually do this? <laughs> yeah. mm. I, I'm, and, you know, without, without the support of Friends of the Earth, and they're always there. You can email them anytime. And um, they provided me with a list of contacts for the, in the early meetings and potential attendees. It was great support that I got.
1: I guess a lot of people wouldn't know where to start. Mm. Who is my local council? Who's it made up of? Can I vote in them? It's It's an area of politics which isn't as well publicised. How did you get in touch with council? How did you... Well, the-
3: initially, it was three friends of the earth that made the introductions, but it made me realize that you know the people at the local council and even local government level or even national government level they're not unapproachable. You can find the, all the contact details on the website and they'll happily respond to emails if you have a question. Mm. Um, they'll ha- you know, we, we've asked them about the tree strategy, they sent us a, 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 a spreadsheet of, of where and when and what types of trees they planted. It's just a case of realizing and that you can approach the people it's I was kind of a bit in awe of it I suppose thinking you know that they're they're kind of inaccessible to some to some mm. you know ordinary member of the public no. but, but they're mm. not
2: I, I like to try and like say to people that are that are new to groups and to the movement as well is that they should they should use that as as a good thing they feel oh, I'm not an expert how can I go and sit and, and speak to a councillor they're going to See right through me, but we really should be taking the opposite approach and saying, you no, know, use that, like, forefront it and say, I'm new to this, but I'm really, really concerned about it and I'm going to keep coming back about it. I'm, yeah. go, I'm going to talk to everyone I know about it as well. Who isn't like a usual suspect to them, or, or isn't isn't an expert on environmental issues in the community? Those people yeah. come to their meetings, they're going to take notice.
3: Because I I am new to this, I you know I am quite new to this, and I'm learning all the time. And and you learn things from from speaking to the councillors. You learn things from speaking to the yeah. friends of the earth. Definitely,
4: yeah. I think it's so important what you've just said, Ian. And it, it's it's really music to my ears coming from as a as a. Local government officer that you know we are approachable and it's we're people at the end of the day you know we we all want we all want to achieve the same. Goal, as you do. I'm a Wigan resident, and I want to see my environment get better for for myself, and my street, and my community, and and my kids. And the, the engagement work is such a top priority for us.
3: As you said, we're all residents. We're all working to the same goals.
4: Mm. We're,
3: we're all humans, so you know, it's it's just a case of learning from each other, isn't it?
4: Climate change is a. I think it's probably been politicized a little bit too much, hasn't it? But we, at the local level, it's something that is 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 across the board. there, there is support on. Uh, we're wherever our elected members sit on the political spectrum, which is is something that's really, really great for us as officers, because there isn't that um, conflict or issues, you know, everyone's pulling in the same direction, regardless of political swing.
3: That's brilliant, yeah, really refreshing. Mm. So
4: I just wanted to um,
1: ask your advice for anyone listening who does want to get involved in their local community, like, what should they do? What can they do?
3: I, I would say definitely have a look at the resources on the Friends of the Earth website. And there's no climate action group in your area, then start one. All the support you need is there. People will come along and ask you questions. If you don't know the answer to the question, you've got people who, who will know the answer and will even pick up that email for you and, and respond. That, that's my advice. If Find a climate action group in your area, and if you haven't got one already,
2: that's no,
1: just the one take climate do you need any previous experience in campaigning to get involved
2: a hundred times a thousand times now if we're going to build a movement that's going to actually that has a chance of winning this thing um yeah which is still remains a very tall order mm. we need everybody so no you absolutely you do. do not need to be an expert uh whenever like i often run uh the welcome webinars that we have for climate action groups Mm -hmm. they're just sort of the induction webinars we have them at least once a month for i always say i'm delighted to hear if there's people that are completely new and maybe they feel a little uncomfortable and they say they're no expert that means we're doing our job right and i think yeah I don't know if Ian has any extra thoughts on that but I mean I think he's evidenced over the course of this podcast that that's what his experience has been yeah. been really successful I mean the the climate measures in place in Wigan are some of the most progressive in the country and I'm glad you
3: mentioned the webinars there Finn, because I was going to say you know there's lots of resources lots of training available there's, you know I get an email now every week about the, um, the courses and activities that are going on in the Greater Manchester area and there's always something to sign for and always something new to learn. It's a, if it's a choice of watching endless repeats on television or doing something useful <laughs> like joining a webinar, then what would you rather be doing?
2: <laughs> it's really a social experience to go and join a group. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's empowering too, and if you've got climate anxiety the only place to put it the only place is to put it in a group with a bunch of other like-minded people that all feel the same way that's the healthiest place you can put it and to start working on it and the climate action network was very much designed in that way for it to be very easy for Mm. you to either join a group or start a group
1: yeah that social element is so important and i saw um before lockdown happened that there was one group and they were sort of doing these i think they were doing like running and walking groups as well through the local forest yeah mm. oh perfect yeah that is that's well that's a very nice positive note uh to end on so i just wanted to thank uh you ian and you corral um for thank you and finn today
3: bye and, okay bye. bye everyone
0: bye, bye. Great. I hope you enjoyed that chat. I think it really showed through Ian and Carell's relationship just how much councils and council officers really rely on local groups and community members to help them shape their policies, share the information and get people on board. We have loads more videos and inspiring stories of the amazing achievements of climate action groups, from pushing councils to divest pensions from fossil fuels, to planting thousands of trees to make greener climate-friendly neighbourhoods. You can check them out and join your own group at takeclimateaction.uk. Thank you. Bye.